Hello, folks. Paul George, Adam Conk in studio. Welcome to the show. Talking our living. Uh, we are been in radio rhythm, Adam. This is the rhythm of the night. Yes. Adam and I have been doing a morning show every morning for our local radio, KLFT Radio. It's called Rise and Shine Morning Show. And we are just been rolling every morning. Yeah, nice. which is different than once a week. It's it's a different kind of animal. Yeah, so um, hats off to Adam for, for all the work he's been doing uh, with the show. But it is interesting times, I'm sure, as you guys know, what we thought was going to be two weeks of the pandemic is now, <laughs> what are we on, week four? The end of week four? or Yeah, I, I guess so. I mean, yeah, a month of sheltering in place, of understanding that our jobs aren't really essential unless they, they are. Uh, <laughs> I don't really know. Well, and some good news, apparently, that uh, it appears, both in our state and in the country, the uh, curve is starting to f- go flatten. down, flatten. That's yeah. what that's what we're hearing until I see actual results, you know, but... Uh, Take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, because you don't want to get too excited about it, and then, like, everyone just hits the streets, and then we're back where we were again, right? And Which speaking, could happen. Speaking of good news, Adam, have you seen this? What did you say? That is so interesting. Are you for real, though? I'm for real. So everyone's getting creative during this time, which I love. Some's good, some's bad. But uh, John Krasinski, who was one of the stars of the the hit show, The Office series. Hit show? That's how you describe it? It's the best show ever, Paul. Did you watch it? Multiple, some of it? Multiple times. Okay. <laughs> so I don't know if you saw this or looked up, but he just decided that he was going to do like an at-home like talk show. Like, just... Throw it together. You know what? I'll just talk to some friends. And he called it some good news. Some nice. good news, which is like, hey, let's just have good news, talk about positive things. And mm-hmm. it, it was really funny. But in his second one, they, he had two. In the second one, um, he surprised this, this young girl, maybe she's like eight or nine, who uh, couldn't go see the, the show Hamilton. Trip got canceled. Tickets got canceled because everything's canceled, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so he found her tweet or whatever, got in touch with her, had her on a Zoom call on the show. And you can watch all this on YouTube. Um, and uh, and then surprisingly on the Zoom call, the, the head guy from Hamilton comes on, like this is all happening. And then all the characters come on, on the Zoom call with this little girl on the show. And then they sing like the famous song. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was really good. Like that very uplifting. So... And how did the girl react? Oh, she was like, yeah, just totally, yeah. How old is she? She's like eight or nine. Wow. Yeah, which I said earlier, but I don't think you heard that. Oh. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's really cool. But anyway, I love seeing stories like that. People who are making masks during this time, people who are at home trying to figure out good things to do. Um, I would love to own some stock in uh, sidewalk chalk. Yeah, is that is that popular? Yeah, like people are just painting their sidewalks with chalk. And they've gotten so bored with the sidewalks, I don't know if you've seen this, is that they've actually started chalking their mailboxes that are <gasps> brick or their home, their brick homes. Don't tell my kids that, please. Yes. Now, you have siding. You don't have brick. Right, right. Yeah, I'm <laughs> I have lots of children, and writing on the walls, coloring on the walls is a regular thing. Yes. And dad dad does not approve. No, it doesn't. And you're trying to sell your house. So it's like you got to keep like everything clean. So if somebody calls and says, hey, we're trying to sell our house. But everybody else, um, chalk it up. 
Chalk it up, folks. Just Chalk not at up. Adam's house. <laughs> Adam's house. So anyway, crazy. Uh, you know, we've been talking Adam's like the weirdest Lent ever. Yeah, now it's Good Friday, and it's 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 bizarre. Yeah. I mean, a lot of us are used to doing things today. You know, going watch the live way of the cross or the, you know, veneration of the cross, and uh, that's not going to happen for us today. Yeah, it's not going to happen, which is so crazy and strange. And uh, Okay, so technically, Lent ends on Holy Thursday. Yeah, last night. Okay. Now, are you a Lent ends on Holy, Holy Thursday guy, or are you like, Lent doesn't end for me until Easter Sunday? Well, you got to remember, right now we're in the shortest season of the year, Easter triduum. It's it, its own animal. It's its own little season. Yep. And, and the triduum means three, which is, you know, Holy Thursday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday, and then leading up to And the basic Sunday. rhythm of the Easter triduum is crucifixion, resurrection. So suffering, joy. Right. Solemnity, like very solemn, to the greatest celebration of your life. So you just got to hold on till Easter to really go for it, go for the celebration. So, but if Lent is over and you've been fasting and it's Holy Thursday, do you break your fast or do you wait till Easter Sunday? Well, Holy Thursday, you should have like a good meal, but you shouldn't, you know, if you gave up chocolate, let's say, Mm -hmm. and that's your penance, you should keep that Holy Thursday, I would say. Keep that thing for Saturday night. You can do it Saturday night. Saturday night, huh? Yeah. A little, a little taste tester before Easter Sunday. Well, I'm a fan of the night before in general. Like Christmas Eve right. is when we each kid gets like one gift Christmas Eve, you mm-hmm. know, a little something. Mm-hmm. So save, save, break your penance Saturday night, but don't have like the big feast yet till Sunday. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Get you a little chocolate sauce and uh, put that in your milk. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Let me ask you something, Paul. When was the last time you had chocolate milk? You know, I, uh, that's a good question. I fixed chocolate milk for my daughter the other day, and uh, I took a sip, and I was like, this is actually really good. That's what every adult needs to rediscover this Easter. Here's my Easter challenge to you uh, come Sunday. Rediscover the joy of chocolate milk. It's delicious. (laughs) It really was. I tasted it. And then I fixed her actually some strawberry milk. We have strawberry syrup. And I was like, "Mm, this is actually really, really good. Yep. Rediscover that. Become a child again. You know what? And I think honestly, like that's one of the problems that I have is I I don't always give myself permission to have fun or to have joy or to celebrate. I you know, like I you know what I'm saying? Like I don't mm-hmm. always just because I sometimes I think like I might go overboard or outside of moderation, right? Mm-hmm. It you know, sort of this like how how do you really just celebrate, have joy and not like lose control, the wheels on the bus come off, you know, type thing. <laughs> Yeah. Well, part of that, I think, is waiting, right? So this is Good Friday. It's an obligatory fast for Catholics throughout the world. You you need to fast and abstain from meat today and hold off. You know, tomorrow is not an obligatory fast, but it is Holy Saturday. Jesus is in the tomb. The disciples are in tears, right? Mary Magdalene, is, is, she doesn't know what to do, so she just goes to the tomb to, to be near Jesus and anoint his body and these kinds of things. And so it's not a time of rejoicing just yet. Um, wait. Wait till at least the night or Sunday. And that waiting, that expectation for that joy helps you enjoy that moment, I think, well. So you could celebrate well. Um, you know, suffering well, waiting well is all kind of the same skill as celebrating well. Right. No, absolutely. 
So we're in Holy Week. It's Good Friday. It's it's ending, and um, you know this is Good Friday is the most solemn day of the year. It is liturgically. I mean, it is the the moment for us as Christians that uh, we really enter into the magnitude and the reality of the cross. And I think oftentimes we want to skip Good Friday because Good Friday is not fun. Good Friday hurts. Good Friday reminds us too much, and you know, I, I I know a lot of churches that not specifically Catholic churches that don't focus a lot on the cross, right, or the crucifixion. It, it's kind of all about the resurrection, right? And we experience the resurrection a lot as Catholics. You know, every mass is the resurrection, but it's also the passion at mass. It's mm-hmm. also dying with Christ and and seeing the suffering of Christ and Him rising. It's it is the Paschal mystery of what we say is the. Um, Suffering, death, and resurrection, you know. Uh, but Good Friday oftentimes is we just want to skip over because the cross is something that we don't fully understand. It We don't want to embrace it, right? But it's not an option. Jesus said, if you wish to be my disciple, you have to take up your cross right. daily. And what does the cross remind us of? I think, well, I think we have to be honest is that the cross one reminds us of our sinfulness, right? Like we, we're sinful. Like we have, you know, St. Paul says we've all sinned, fallen short of the glory of God. The reality of the crucifixion is that Jesus didn't die for other folks. He died for me. Mm-hmm. He died for you. You're a big fat sinner, Adam. And so am I, right? And in that regard, I think oftentimes like, that really hurts. It's not so much to like, um, you know, just just to kind of like self condemn, you know, self condemnation, but just to be the reality that Jesus didn't pay the price for our sin on the cross uh, for us to turn away from the cross for us to be like, oh, that was nothing. Now I don't have to worry about the cross because Jesus did, which right. is a typical, um, let's say, not. Catholic way of looking at this. And I, and I don't mean that just Catholics can look at that way too. I'm saying right. it's not, the gospel is not about Jesus paid the price, so I don't have to pay any price. That's not what the gospel is about. The gospel is about the kingdom of God is like that treasure in the field that you discover and you sell everything you have to buy it. To buy the field. And your be- price is 100%, just like Jesus's is. Right. Right. Exactly. That, uh, but to enter in on Good Friday is to acknowledge the fact that the cross was real, mm-hmm. uh, that Jesus' suffering and death uh, was about me, right? I I put him on the cross, the, my sin, however big or small that is. And, and there's n- no sin too big that he didn't die for, no sin too small that he didn't die for. But Good Friday reminds us that Jesus paid the price for me, and and being able to focus on that brings us to the reality of who we are, right? The fact that we are in need of a Savior. We're in need of someone to save us from our own sin, our own dysfunction, our own worry and fear and anxiety. And if we could save ourselves, we wouldn't need Jesus. We certainly wouldn't need a God, right? But here's the reality. We can all be honest about this. Even people who don't follow Christ, we can't save ourselves. There's certain mm-hmm. miseries we can't save ourselves from. There's certain we we just know that, and to be able to focus on that on Good Friday, I think, you know, doesn't leave us in self condemnation. Actually, brings hope to us because the hope no longer relies on me. 
It's about Jesus bringing hope, but hope doesn't just come by him rising. It comes through the cross into the resurrection. Yeah, it's not about me, and we can be um, despairing about that. We can be sour faces about that, like, oh, I'm so bad, I'm so terrible. But it's not about me. That's the good news. Yeah. It's not about how great I can be or, you know, how holy I can be. It's the fact that Jesus loves me. And as long as I accept him into my life and don't turn away from him, then his power to save is in my life. You know, the cross is in my life. And taking up our cross, we don't do it alone. Jesus carries our cross with us. Like, he is the Simon who helps us carry our cross when we are the Simon who carry his cross with him, who, who unite our, our suffering to his, then he becomes a Simon for us as well. Yes. So it's our Good Friday edition of the Paul George Show, talking uh, with Adam Conk. We'll be right back in a moment. The Paul George Show is made possible in part by our partners at Solidarity HealthShare. Solidarity is the Catholic solution to the healthcare problem. Are you paying too much for your healthcare cost? Solidarity HealthShare is a healthcare sharing ministry which provides an ethical way to fund healthcare costs while protecting and practicing our Catholic beliefs. Best yet, Solidarity HealthShare's members are exempt from the fines and penalties in the Affordable Care Act. Visit SolidarityHealthShare.org. That's SolidarityHealthShare.org. Welcome back to the show. I was actually just impressing Adam with something. Finally, he's never impressed by anything. <laughs> That's not true. Well, food. Lots of things, Paul. What else impresses you? You. You impress me. <clears throat> um, I was actually showing him the video from this uh, Zoom bomb of the Hamilton cast mm-hmm. that happened on uh, YouTube. This little girl. They surprised this little girl, yeah, right? Yeah, very but, neat. Um, very they're, impressive. Yes, I impressed you. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're phenomenally talented, but I just love the fact that uh, in the midst of this pandemic, which we still are, is that you just see good folks trying to do good things, right? Mm-hmm. Whether that be volunteerism, whether that be stuff online or virtually, whether that be churches that are um, trying to do their work um, online and virtually, and musicians doing songs and putting them out there, whatever the case may be. Um, the beauty of, of humanity kind of rising up during times of adversity, uh, for me is, um, is very encouraging and uplifting, you know? So here we are, we find ourselves in the middle of this pandemic in Lent and it's good Friday. And, uh, where's the hope, you know? And I think a lot of times, like we want the hope to be on the other side of the cross, but the hope is through the cross, through the cross, we, we come to the resurrection. The resurrection does not exist without the cross. Like we, you can't separate the two, and that's an important thing to understand: is that you you can't you can't remove the cross from the resurrection and just say, "I'm just going to go to the resurrection." I just want to kind of live in 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 this this idea of you know of total you know, freedom and resurrection without the cross, right? Well, that's the thing. The cross teaches us what true freedom is. On this side of the cross, where we're, if we haven't entered into it, we think that freedom is nothing bad will happen to me. No one will force me to do anything I don't want to do. I'm able to do what I want, when I want, how I want. I'm not confined. This is what we think freedom is. It's through the cross that we learn what real freedom is. Real freedom is you're free to give your life away. Like, that's a freedom. Right. That's real freedom. You're right. free to love 
and give your life to God and neighbor. How do we discover this? In the cross. I think Mother Teresa, of course, she had lots of great, great little quotes. Um, but St. Mother Teresa of Calcutta, you know, she talked about how with love, with true love, uh, it doesn't count the cost of suffering. And that's the thing. When you're, when you're united to Christ in the cross through love, through charity, through God's love in your heart, you don't really experience the suffering of the cross as much as the love of the cross, the passion of the cross, if you will. Right. Um, and this frees us. Yeah. It frees us for a resurrection experience because the resurrection is not about, oh, God has taken away everything bad in my life and now I have, you know, everything's great and awesome. The resurrection is about living 100% for God. That is resurrected glory. I'm free from anything that would keep me from giving my life completely to God. That's the resurrection. Right. And it's beautiful. It is beautiful. But you can't separate the cross from the resurrection. It wasn't like Jesus slipped, tripped, and fell and died, right? Not <laughs> an then, accident. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, rose from the grave three days later. It's like, hey, I'm, I'm back, guys. Like, <laughs> don't worry. Like, you know, I'm back, and, and we're good. We're all good. Everything's great. Like, that that wasn't how it happened, and that wasn't God's intention because um, sin exists in the world, like the heaviness of the lack of freedom exists in the world, and Jesus' journey to the cross is very significant. It's it's the most significant moment in history. Because Jesus takes on the weight and burden of the sin to set us free for good, right, for true freedom. We don't have that freedom without the cross. We don't enter into the tomb and rise with Jesus without the cross. And so on Good Friday, like it, it's like the one day of the year where we say, hey, everybody, just stop for a moment. Like, just and just think about this. Like, think about the reality of what took place over 2,000 years ago. What was it? Jesus, in his full humanness, right, took on a cross and walked to Calvary and was crucified, right? The most gruesome death and suffering that one can take on, right? And yet, he understands our human suffering because he too was 100% human as well as you know, 100% divine, yes, but he understands our human suffering and he took it on, right? The weight of that. He could feel it. He could feel the suffering. He, under, he could feel the, ex, uh, you know, the, 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 the suffocation on the cross. He could feel the, the wounds and the nails and the bleeding and the gushing. He could feel all that. Like, it wasn't that he went to the cross and didn't feel the pain of it. The cross isn't like just, hey, this is just the sign of freedom. He felt the pain of sin and and brought it to the cross. He felt it on the cross. I want to put on the Catholic nerd hat for just a second. Please do. That just boggles our mind as Christians. Like, we, we wrestle with that, that God experienced this great suffering and death for us. So much so that in the early church, there were several heresies where Christians were tempted to deny that he actually went through that. Right. You know, so you had things like docetism, where this idea was that he just appeared to suffer. That right. actually he didn't suffer. He was replaced by someone else like Judas. Some people actually said that Judas experienced the suffering, but it appeared to be Jesus or something like that. Because Christians just could not wrap their mind around this, you know? And so, um, but this is essential to the gospel, and that's why we call it a heresy. A heresy is a threat to the gospel, right? Like we don't worry about details um, that people argue about that aren't essential to the faith. 
when people say that Jesus didn't suffer in his full humanity, you're, you're messing with the gospel. Today is about the gospel, that Christ offers himself in this way as a sacrifice to the Father on our behalf is essential to our Christianity. And I think, you know, to sort of relate to those heresies in some way of like where are they rooted, right? I don't think they're always rooted in bad intentions. Mm-hmm. Where are they rooted, I think there's something in our human nature that wants to skip suffering. Yeah. Right. And what we want to look over Good Friday and just get to Sunday. I'm 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 there with you, right? Like, man, just, I love my favorite time of year is Easter. Like, I love this idea of resurrection. I love not the idea. I love the reality of resurrection. I love the the reality of freedom. Uh, I love the reality of forgiveness and living in that. But we don't get there without the crawl. Like so, so we want to just jump there and and kind of skip the suffering part. The reality is, is like all of us, the day after Easter, you know, we're <laughs> we're back in our old habits, or a week after Easter, we've sinned again. But guess what? The cross is still with us. So the Christian life isn't like, oh, it's Good Friday. Okay, now it's Easter. We're just going to live Easter. Um, it's it's it's. The Paschal mystery is constantly living in the passion, the death, and the resurrection of Christ. Yeah, and the purpose of this life is to find that eternal life with God. Like, this is a journey. This is a pilgrimage in this life. And that's why the sign of Christianity for 2,000 years is the cross and not the empty tomb. Right. We don't sign ourselves in this, you know, sign of the empty making tomb. the sign of the empty tomb. How would it, that be, by the way? It'd be difficult. Like a like circle? Like a circle? Uh, like an oval? <laughs> like hide your face, it's empty. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but we sign ourselves with the sign of the cross because the cross is the path. It's the way. It's the uh, means by which we attain that freedom that lasts for eternity in heaven, the resurrection and that's what this life is about. This life is about the cross. Well, and the sign of the cross, you know, we do that because, yeah, we we begin our prayer in the sign of the cross because we we can't forget it. Like it, it is, it is part of our DNA, you know. Um, but the sign of the resurrection isn't uh, a oval. The sign of the resurrection is how we live. Mm-hmm. That's the sign of the resurrection. That we are Easter people. Let's not forget that. Yep. Right. So, but the sign of the resurrection is the fact that we now live in freedom, and we're 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 witnesses to Christ's freedom to the world. And this is what the disciples eventually grasped: is that they came they came out of this suffering and pain and this loneliness that Christ had left them, and, and you know He returned after the resurrection and taught them how to live as a resurrected people. Right. But yet, uh, it was it was in that sign of the resurrection that they lived that changed the world. But the suffering didn't leave the world. Like all the disciples that we know, other than John, were martyred. Yeah, and even Saint Peter and Saint Andrew were on a cross. Like they literally followed the same path as Christ. Right. But they lived in the resurrection, mm-hmm. and living in the resurrection is living the sign of Jesus to the world as a resurrected people that I'm willing to give everything. Like you said earlier that uh, I'm willing to sell everything I have to buy the land, right? Cause That's in freedom. the land there's treasure. The treasure in the land is Christ, right? 
And people don't always understand why you're selling everything you have to go buy land that they think there's nothing on. But you know that on the land is a buried treasure, and that treasure is Christ, and you're willing to give up everything to get that treasure. That's the sign of the resurrection. Yeah, that's resurrected freedom, and it's it's that love of God that begins now in this life that we will experience for eternity in heaven that there is no limit to like we the resurrected experience is the experience of loving God with everything you have like that is the resurrection experience it's not possible without Jesus Christ it's not sin is in the way our separation from God is in the way Christ makes it possible for us to love God with every fiber of our being and that is the freedom of the resurrection and we can taste it now you know, and enjoy it forever in heaven. And there's no limit to that. That's why we do this every year, Paul. It's not like we just keep um, doing the same thing year after year. Each time we do this, each time we go through Lent, enter into the cross on Good Friday like today, join Jesus on the cross and experience Easter joy, it deepens that experience of love of God because we have something more to offer God now. You know, we have, we're a year older. Mm. You know, we've grown a little bit, hopefully. Um, and we have some something more to offer in our love of God. And so we experience that resurrection mystery even deeper. Yeah, you know what I lo- love about Easter? is It is a, a Good Friday and Easter. It is, it's a spiritual reset button, you know, and it's okay to, like, say to yourself, okay, like, I, I ha- I've, I've kind of, you know, gone back to some old habits and old ways or, you know, Easter is a reset button, you know, for, for us, our youngest was sleeping great in her crib. And then, you know, she's like two and a half. She's starting to have like these night terrors and then like not mm. sleeping and afraid to sleep in her bed. Right. You have eight kids, it's you know, no fun, you, yeah. you know, the deal. So, so it's, it's like she's, we're having to like do like a whole reset on sleeping, you know, and it's okay. Like it, but it sucks. Right. For all of us. <laughs> yeah. It's um, not fun. But, but it, it it's just part of life. Like, and there'll be maybe times where she's eight or nine and she'll start having bad dreams again or whatever as you get older. This is a time and a season to have a spiritual reset, right? Like Lent sets us up for that. But but Easter is like um, – is the beginning. But Good Friday is Jesus punches the reset button. You know, look at the cross. I, I'm reminding you that you're set free, that – that your sins are forgiving and you don't have to sit in that despair because I brought the despair to the cross and you're set free. You know, um, I was, I was reading this week in a book by, um, uh, father, uh, father Philippe, um, who said that, uh, the, the worst thing basically to kind of, uh, you know, say to my own language, the worst thing we can do when we, when we sin is to, is to let Satan let us sit in, in that, sin, right? Mm-hmm. To not get back up and get back into the rhythm of the spiritual life, right? Because Satan wants to remind us that, you know, we're, we're not saved. We're, we're, we're defined by our sin, right? Certainly we need to go to reconciliation when we can and, you know, get back on our feet, but to get back into the rhythm and, and not let sin still our peace, right? The cross isn't like this sort of this, hey, just sit in your sin and just you're ugly and you're a horrible person. no. Jesus took on our ugliness and that horrible person to the cross so that we can be a new person at Easter. Good Friday's the punch of the reset button. East, Easter Sunday is like, I'm new. 
new and at the same time more me than I've ever been. And that's what's beautiful about the logic of the cross. You know, Christ didn't become a new person on the cross. It's the same Jesus that was in the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary, preached, healed, right? The cross is simply the icon of who reveals to us who Jesus is in the depths of his heart. He is love of the Father and of us. Right. Who gives himself to the Father for our That's who he is. It's who he's always been. But the cross reveals who he is in the most simple and amazing and profound ways because of its great love and depth of suffering. And so it is with us. When we enter the cross, we discover who we really are in the depths of who we are through the suffering, through the giving of ourselves. And so we are, it's it's the paradox. Like we become new, but also more us than we've ever been. I, I love that statement. We become more us than we ever been. I think to to become fully who God created us to be, to become the the best of of who we desire to be, is is only in light of walking with Christ, right? Like, mm-hmm. and it's over time. I think we, you know, for me, like I, I'm a sucker for wanting immediate results, right? I'd like for it to happen yesterday, and for everything to go away and to be great today. The reality is, it's a grind. And the spiritual life is is a grind. It, there's a grit to it. It, you know, oftentimes I think we have this sort of this 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 idea that the disciples, the apostles, lived this this life that we don't live, right? They didn't experience the suffering, or they had great community, and everything was perfect, and it wasn't. You no. know, the world was just as bad as it is now. Uh, they had a lot of infighting. Uh, they had human brokenness and human broken relationships and I'm sure they all struggled with family life and you know like they went back to fishing like they they thought about going back to their old way of life they all experienced the same things we did and and yet what what can we learn from them is that I think we go back to the fact that the one trait that they had that the power of the Holy Spirit gave them the grace to give up everything for Christ yeah well, one of our uh, big, f- we're big fans of Pope Benedict the Sixteenth. B sixteen, and I mean, look, if you haven't read Jesus of Nazareth, his trilogy on the life of Christ, I mean, just stop what you're doing right now and get that done, and prepare a year to read it. Yeah, because it's it's dense. <laughs> but in his uh, the volume on Holy Week, you know, it's just beautiful how he how he says there's a logic to the cross, there's a meaning to it, there's a purpose, and if if you look into it, if you meditate on it, you will see that its meaning is that Christ has united the idea of being, of like being alive, with being for. And so you can see that in Christ and in the cross, there's no difference between his life and his life is for another. Hmm. And that's the logic of the cross. He is for the Father and for us. And that is the, the invitation Jesus makes, take up your cross unite the idea that you have a life with that you have a life for the Father and for others. And that's the logic of the cross. And when we journey today with that and in in Good Friday, I hope we're inspired to make resolutions in our life, to imitate Jesus on the cross. Not, you know, that I'm going to suffer more this coming year between now and next Good Friday, but I'm going to unite the idea that I have a life with I have a life that's for God the Father and for others. Mm. 
and I'm going to kill everything else in me that's anything other than that. I'm Like Paul said, I want to be crucified with Christ. What does that mean? Putting to death any aspect of my life that is not for the Father and for others. That's being crucified with Christ. And that's the only way to say also with St. Paul, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. That's the resurrected glory, is that I live completely for the Father and for others. The freedom of that is the freedom the, the cross offers. Absolutely. All right, Paul and Adam, talking Art of Living. It's a Good Friday edition. Here we are, pandemic all over the place. Pandemic, pandemonium. Yeah, the sign of the pandemic. All right, we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. The Paul George Show is made possible in part by our partners at Solidarity HealthShare. Solidarity is the Catholic solution to the health care problem. Are you paying too much for your health care cost? Solidarity HealthShare is a health care sharing ministry which provides an ethical way to fund health care costs while protecting and practicing our Catholic beliefs. Best yet, Solidarity HealthShare's members are exempt from the fines and penalties in the Affordable Care Act. Visit SolidarityHealthShare.org. That's SolidarityHealthShare.org. Welcome back to the show, Paul and Adam. In studio, six feet apart. It's weird times, man. Yes, but, you know, there's going to be an end to this, Paul. You just got to believe. You just got to pray. Yeah, absolutely. And what I love about this time, honestly, you know, I'm trying to find the good in all of it. Because there's days where I'm like, this is horrible. Life sucks. (laughs) I want to kill my kids (laughs) and my neighbors, whatever. I don't know. Is, you know, the good is like, it's it's bringing out some good qualities in folks, and and mm-hmm. adversity is where we really are defined and refined, you know, and just enjoying the time with our family and and the interaction or the phone calls and and the text messages and the the things that people are doing on the internet and the good things that you know God's drawing out of us to to rely more on Him. And think about him more, right? Instead of relying on ourselves, I think we are a culture that relies on ourselves, on our economy, on our our joys. Uh, I mean, and on our successes. And a lot of folks are being like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa!" I need to rely on Jesus. So it is Good Friday. I do have to ask you a question, though, Adam. Okay. <laughs> so you guys have a tradition uh, on Holy Thursday that uh, you go to Olive Garden. The Garden of Olives. The Garden of Olives. After Mass, yeah. After Mass on Holy Thursday, which is such an Adam Conk thing to do. (laughs) It is. Like, at what point in your (laughs) life did you think, huh, we're going to Olive Garden? I'll tell you. Because Jesus, you know, was in the garden. It was a few years ago when normally we would make, like, our own Last Supper meal, you know, with lamb and, uh, you know, Passover type stuff. Like the Seder meal? Yeah. Okay. And, uh... We realized that's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. <laughs> so, so we said, you know what? This year, why don't we just go somewhere to eat? After Mass. How about the Olive Garden? That's where Jesus went. He went to the Olive Garden. <laughs> and it stuck. Yeah, well, you get all, you can eat breadsticks for all those kids you got. Instead of the matzo bread, you have breadsticks. And uh, they could, uh, they, they are leavened. Yeah. Breadsticks. but uh, That's okay. They could fill up on breadsticks. 11, man. 12, 13. I don't know how many I ate. <laughs> It's just <laughs> the more breadsticks you eat, the more that you um, aren't hungry on Good Friday 
for the fast. Exactly. Right. And that kind of is my goal, too, is like, let's have a big old meal that'll hold us over for the next day. Because you know? today is a day of fasting. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay, so back to the question is, did you, uh, because you can't go to a restaurant, right, because mm-hmm. of the pandemic, uh, did you, uh, what'd you do for it totally? Did you order out Olive Garden, bring the breadsticks into the into the home? Well, you made a great suggestion yesterday. I'm glad I talked to you about this, but you suggested to order it because I didn't know you could really do that. But uh, we did. We ordered it and mm. had it at our house. Brought it in. Delicious. Sprayed it with Lysol. Got all, rid of all the germs. Yeah, the issue was, though, with the breadsticks, uh, it's not all you can eat at your house. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you can always say, hey, throw a few extra in there for us. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe next year we'll do that. <laughs> Maybe next year we'll go to the Olive Garden because yeah. we won't have a crazy pandemic. That we know of. Man, I don't want to have, you know, COVID-20... 20 next year yeah did you know there's controversy about what COVID 19 means no what is some people say it means different things i want to tell you the truth here paul what it stands for coronavirus disease covid that originated in the year 2019 19 Hmm. covid 19 and don't believe anything else you read on the internet so how they come up with corona i don't know I mean, it's named after crown, I guess. But that coronavirus has been around for a long time. It's a new strand of the coronavirus. That's the problem. Hmm. And that where did, when did that strand originate? 2019. That we know of. That we know of. Yeah. Apparently in a marketplace where they were selling bats in Wuhan, China. That's what we know. Mm-hmm. But who knows? It's a little batty. It is a good Friday, so it's a day of fast. Adam's still full from his breadsticks. <laughs> and uh, I should have taken his advice and just you know, carb loaded last night. So I'm a bit hungry today, <laughs> waiting for my uh, one big meal. This evening. That won't have meat. That won't have meat. I'll fry some shrimps. Okay. Can I do that? Is yeah. that legal? Yeah. I just, if I were you, knowing how good of a cook you are, I would tone down how good the shrimp are. Mm. If I were you. Yeah, maybe I won't do that. You're a good, you're a good cook, Paul. Let's just eat raw shrimp. Oh, my God. That's disgusting. Yeah, that would be a big penance. Yeah. Okay, we're all going to be throwing this up in a bit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, um, weirdest Lent ever, uh, but here we are. Good Friday. It's great because we're leading to Easter, and we're not going to separate the cross from the resurrection. The two are are united so that we can experience the fullness of what it means to walk with Christ. All right. How about a a little six-pack of uh, questions here, Adam? Question. Yeah, it's a six pack of water because it's fasting Friday here. Oh, oh, I see what you did there. Mm-hmm. So no coronas. Nope, you just can have water. No tea. Take it. You can have tea. I can have tea. But we're doing six pack of water. Okay. Well, <laughs> open up a can of water. Okay. Question number one. So we've been talking about uh, Jesus's call to take up your cross. My question, Paul, in your experience as someone who's worked to spread the faith wherever God has sent you. What's the connection between, you know, taking up that cross, being willing to do that, and being effective as a missionary? Like in your experience, how are they related? Yeah, I mean, you know, you hear this phrase, take up your cross, but I mean, it, it's not a slogan. It comes from, you know, the words of Jesus, right? Take yes. up your cross and follow me. It's the what, gospel. What does that mean? You know, often think about is the life that God gave you is your life. It's the life that God gave you. And everyone's life looks different. 
and we all have different sufferings. We all have different joys. We all have different paths. And the, the, the cross is the life that God gave you with Jesus walking with you. That, that's your life, right? And there are going to be times where it's really good, and there's going to be times where it's difficult. And the cross is just inviting Jesus into all of it. And, and that's the life of a missionary because we're all called to be missionaries. You know, at baptism, we're, we're claimed as priest, prophet, and king. We're, we're invited into Matthew 28 to live the Great Commission, to be disciples to all nations. But we're not disciples without the cross, right? It's, it's, it's living with Jesus. So living with Jesus every day is a living with the resurrected Christ, and it's living with the Christ who hung on the cross. The two are uh, the same person, right? And that's the missionary life. And we're called to live that missionary life at home, as husband and wife, as kids, as in, at school, at work, whatever we do, uh, wherever we are, wherever God plants us, whatever life that God's calling us to live is inviting Jesus to be woven into that and not separated from it. Well, that brings me to question number two. Well, well it should, because the six packs of questions should be related to one another. They run together. So most of us listening are married, Okay. Or we would like to be married, or we were married. Right. Kind of covers most of our listeners. Um, so what does the cross look like in marriage? Well, uh, we can make a lot of jokes. <laughs> Some people's spouses are bigger crosses than don't other people. Don't say the word in-laws. Just don't do spouses. it. Spouses. Um, I, I think the same is true. Is I think there's this misconception of marriage or vocation, Right. Any vocation is that, you know, when I enter into that vocation, like it's going to be easy, right? It's, uh, you know, since it's the vocation I, I long for and love and want and, and desire that it's going to be easy. It's not hard work. And the reality is that um, vocation, particularly marriage, as your question pertains, is that there there's sufferings and joys in marriage. That's the importance of having Christ as part of your vocation is that uh, he walks with you together in those sufferings and those joys. Now, I think people who give up on their vocation too soon are um, folks that don't understand the suffering that they're going to experience in their marriage. Like I said, everyone's story is different. There's different levels of that suffering. There's different, um, you know, titles for it or, you know, scenarios. You know, my suffering is going to be different than yours. Uh, my joys are going to be different than yours, but we're going to experience both, right? We're going to have sleepless nights and we're going to have very restful nights. We're going to have, you know, disagreements and we're going to have, you know, great date nights. We're going to have kids who are great one day and some days it's like, this is really hard. Like, that's just part of life. And Christ desires more than anything to walk with us in our vocation to be a part of it. Awesome. So, uh, have you ever been to the grocery store and you get yes. to make your own six pack? Have you ever been to that yeah, aisle? Yeah. So you get to choose like six beer that could be completely different and put them in a six pack? Yeah. So they're not related, but they are because they're in a six pack together, but they're completely different beers. Yeah. Sometimes our six pack of questions are like that. Sometimes. Mm -hmm. mm. You did a six pack of water today, which is kind of bland, but. <laughs> well, it is Good Friday, Paul. It is. There's a reason for that. Yeah. So question number three, 
you talked to us about the importance of uh, the cross and the resurrection together. Can you describe to me what it might look like if uh, I don't have that unity in my life? Like maybe I, I haven't made that connection and I, I just, you know, I either take too much cross or too much resurrection and I'm not balanced. Yeah, that's great. Because too much cross is living in um, just this, um, I think, this over self-indulged, you know, false humility of like, of just living in this false piety of suffering. And, and this is like what Christ wants me to do. But uh, if Christ never rose from the dead, yeah, you might have like a little, you know, um, context to your argument, but that's not true. Like he rose, right? Experience the resurrection, freedom, total freedom. Um, yet on the other end is this idea of delusionment of like life's just always good and great and nothing we have no sufferings, right? And if we do, there's something wrong with us, right? We're not thinking positive. We're not like reading the right things. We don't have, you know, you know, all those things that, uh, and so we, we live with this, I think, false understanding of what life is really about. So we, we kind of don't live in reality. I know folks like on both ends of those. Mm. To live somewhere in the middle is to understand that we're going to experience suffering and joy in life. And Christ is right there at the center of it. He's with us in our suffering, and he's with us in our joy. If you don't think Christ had joy, you're wrong. He laughed. He had joy uh, and interaction. Uh, but if you don't think Christ suffered, you're wrong too, because he did. And uh, he didn't do it in a bubble. He didn't suffer in a bubble. He invited us into his suffering. And so to live as a as a fully you know, mature Christian is to understand that we live both, you know, and the mass reminds us of that. You know, we experience the passion, death, and resurrection at every liturgy, right? If we just experience the passion, right, then it would be like, God, this this is like a downer, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And if we just experienced the resurrection, we would not be in touch with our the human reality of our sinfulness, right? But at every liturgy, we experience the passion, death, and resurrection of Christ, it goes together. It goes together, right? So, yeah, on Good Friday is the one day of the year we don't celebrate Mass. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Am I wrong about that? No, you're right. So one day, we no Mass. There's no Mass, right? <laughs> it's just like... No it, one can go to Mass. Today. No one can go to Mass. Because it's, it's all focused on the, the passion and death of Christ. It's from one day. But... Tomorrow brings the resurrection. Jesus is in the tomb, and then we experience Easter Sunday. So we set aside that one day of the year, no resurrection. But at every Mass, we experience the passion, death, and resurrection. We experience Good Friday and Easter Sunday at every Mass, if you put it that way. Love it. All right, question number four. So every Christian tradition values the cross, right? The cross is is looked to where... where Christ dies for our sins, and we accept that salvation. Every Christian tradition recognizes that. However, there's a certain Catholic twist to it or flavor to it that's particularly earthy. So, for example, we have crucifixes where there's a body on that cross, whereas a lot of other Christian traditions will just show a cross without a body. Mm -hmm. And uh, in the same way, Good Friday is kind of like a a big Catholic day. You know, it's not as... It's just a very earthy day. Like we want to get gritty with it and watch the passion of the Christ and like enter into it, you know. 
Um, can you talk to me about the value of that like tangible, gritty, earthy aspect of today and us entering into that? Yeah. Well, we we've never the cross without Jesus on it, you can't separate Jesus from the cross. So I mean the cross has Jesus on it and then the resurrected resurrected Jesus there's no cross there's the tomb so like the, you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. like the, there it is on good friday it it the whole reality of good friday is to make it very tangible and earthy to be in touch with the reality of the cross like to take jesus off of the cross is to deny suffering and I think that's the heresy that you brought up earlier is that there's something in our human nature that we want to deny suffering. We want to deny suffering. We want to push it on to someone or something else. We don't want to go through it. And the reality is, is that that's just not true, that there, that's not real life. But Jesus doesn't offer us a life without suffering. He actually offers a, a life where he enters into our suffering. He walks with us. So we can experience resurrection in the midst of suffering. We can, it's this ebb and flow, you know, but on Good Friday, yes, we want it to be tangible, not to self-condemnate ourselves, but to live in the reality of what Jesus did for us. That's the beauty of it. Love it. Because we can't save ourselves. At the end of the day, we can't save ourselves. At the end of the day, we can't save ourselves. We can't. Say it again. One more time. At the end of the day, we cannot (laughs) save ourselves. I can't over-communicate that enough, right? I can't. I can't do it. I can't self-generate enough power in myself to save myself from my own self, my own human nature, my own brokenness and stuff. I can't do it. But through God's grace, like I can overcome so many things. I'll never be perfect, but I, I can journey and I can overcome, you know, the things I... You know, I was, I did as a teenager, I, I'm not doing it 45 mm-hmm. or I shouldn't. I mean, you know, I'm not giving up my age, but, uh, I mean, you're 45 <laughs> in oh, 10 years. In 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. It'll happen. One day. Question number five, give me, uh, some do's and don'ts on Good Friday. A lot of people get, uh, upset about what some people do today. Um, give me some do's and don'ts. What's a good do and a good don't. But don't judge other people, man. Focus on yourself. You know, I, I know some people, some, one person who got mad at another person because they were having a feast on Good Friday. And those per- those people weren't even Catholic. They found out. So they're like judging folks, you know, mm-hmm. for like not fasting and they were having this feast on Good Friday. Those folks weren't even Catholic. They had even no idea it was Good Friday. Right. And here you are focusing your attention on what those people are doing. Who cares what other people are doing? Focus on what God's inviting you to do on Good Friday and enter into it, right? So so many times we can just become so like the Pharisees and judgmental and point fingers, and it's like, hey, how about what's God inviting you to do on Good Friday? So, yeah, we're called to fast and enter into the fast and focus on the cross and how God is doing that, inviting you to do it. But, like, driving around thinking about what other people are doing and pointing fingers is not going to help your good Friday. You know, it's just going to steal your peace and there's nothing you can do about it. So that's the first don't. Nice. It's a good don't. Yeah. 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 (laughs) So the, the, the do is like, um, just ask the question, how's God inviting you to be solemn and to enter in, uh, to the reality of good Friday? 
you know the church asks us to fast um but that's just the entry point to good friday you know it's just fasting uh, but how is god asking you to focus on the cross on good friday to sit with with the reality of the cross obviously this year it's different because we can't go to a service but there are things online virtually we can do things at home stations of the cross we can put a cross up we can say prayers we can do some things we can be solemn we can cut out technology and maybe music and phones and just kind of be quiet for a day maybe have a retreat day things like that those are some of the things that we can do but ask god how he's inviting you into good friday Love it. All right, question number six, our final questionis. So there have been a lot of portrayals of the passion of Christ, movies, uh, paintings, whatever. Give me, th- give me some suggestions. What's moved you, like something you've seen or watched that you thought just really helped you enter into that? I'm kind of a movie s- snob. Okay. Sorry. Um. And a lot of movies out there aren't real good. Mm-hmm. And I forget titles and names, but, you know, The Passion of the Christ, uh, produced by Mel Gibson, is it was really good. It was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, it's a great, yeah, you can't go wrong watching that on Good Friday. I don't it's know one choice. that's better is what I'm saying. Right. Like better not only produced and the quality of it, but, you know, the acting the 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 even sticking to the scriptures and and even using a little bit of creativity that didn't sort of put it outside the lines of possibility mm-hmm. you know I thought was well done nice so other than that like I I don't you know I'm not like a movie buff at all means you're I mean probably, you're buff but you're not a movie you're buff. probably more of a movie buff than I am <laughs> but no that's it I mean the passion you can't you can't beat it. Yeah, but you can also experience do the Stations of the Cross at your home this mm-hmm. year. Do something, and uh, you know maybe that evening watch a movie of the Passion, or if there's another one that you like, it's out there, um, or just go to sleep early, wake up, and it's <laughs> Holy Saturday. I don't know. You'd be like me. I'm not sleeping, so I'm suffering in my sleep. Well, so yeah. anyway, thank you guys for listening today, Paul and I. We enjoyed talking to you. Thanks for tuning in here on the podcast or on the radio, KLFT Radio um, here in Acadiana. We do thank you. Share the podcast, uh, support us, and um, get the word out about the show. Appreciate it, and we'll talk to you guys next week. God bless.